0: Welcome into the Invest Well Show. We want to thank you for joining us this podcast. I'm excited to share thought and insight. In this show, we are going to talk about something that I think is so crucial. You know, Randy, we talk to people over the years as we've helped them at the office. They come in and really throughout the country, and they're in a place where they've built some wealth. Mm -hmm. And in case you haven't noticed, we live in a very, very, very litigious society. If you slip and fall on on Randy's slip and slide, you might be able to walk away with like $10 million. (laughs) That's
1: That's that's
0: all I'm saying. There's a whole lot of people out there that want money that they didn't earn, isn't it? It really is true. I mean, you you know, you can go to any major city and you see the buses driving down the road Mm -hmm. and we got so-and-so $800,000, you know, or, you know, billboards up, you know, we've successfully recovered 1.3 million, 10 million or whatever the number is, you know, billions or, you know, that kind of thing. And so, we live in a world that is very, very litigious, and so one of the questions, and you know, this really sparked the thought of maybe because I went to the chiropractor, and I ended up getting myself adjusted, mm-hmm. and I <laughs> I was doing this ninja course, Randy. I know you. we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and I was doing this ninja course, came down, whatever, messed myself up a little bit, and there's yeah. like this muscle that goes down through under your stomach, and it actually affects you, feel pain in your back. I thought it was my... You know, I didn't know what it was, discs or whatever. It's actually a muscle, which is crazy. Okay. But so he relieved that. And anyways, in the passing, we're having a conversation and he's like, you know, hey, I went to this event and, you know, they're talking about X, Y, and Z. And I'm thinking, you know, this is something that we need to talk about because people with wealth, people that want to grow wealth are thinking about this and are saying, how can we protect our assets from lawsuits and things like that. So we're going to give you some thoughts today that will help you engage in that process because you've worked hard for what you have. And, you know, Randy, that's the biggest thing that I think about when I think about as we do this show and as we help the families that we're working with. Many of you may know as you're listening to this show that I have a couple other companies that are helping families protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. We've had the blessing of commentating for national media for about six years, CNBC, Fox, Bloomberg, and some others. And, you know, Randy, one of the things that I see... Really is the idea that a lot of people are just so busy in life creating their own success that they don't really have time to do what they need to do to protect themselves, right? Or they have kind of a narrow focus on things. If you were to say to somebody,
1: help me protect my money, they were probably thinking about protecting against a downfall in the market. Or a lot of people don't think about when you talk about protecting against Uncle Sam, legacy planning and making sure that Mm -hmm. your money goes to the people who you love and the charities you love and not necessarily Uncle Sam. That's another way to protect your money. You know, we also talk about protecting our money against long-term care, and things like that. You, you don't want the nursing home to get all of the money. Those are all ways to protect your money. I don't know that a lot of people think about this part of protecting your money, Michael.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're really not. I mean, and that's the thing is people are in a place where we live in such a growth mindset mm-hmm. in our American culture now, I know, you know, with our other show, The Michael Wall Show, Encouragement and uh, Motivation, that's a different podcast. We have listeners all over the world, and this show is growing as well. But one of the things that we see in the Western culture, in the American culture is such a growth mindset, you know, the mindset of just more, 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 better, better, better. You know, somebody shows up with a, a Chevy and they're like, okay, well, now I need to get a, a BMW. And then you leave a BMW and maybe you go to another car. Maybe it's a, a you know, a Mercedes or a Maserati or a Ferrari or a, you know, it's it's always next. Mm-hmm. It's always next. There's never like a, okay, now I'm satisfied. Listen, it's rare to find someone. that's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm good. I got everything I need. I'm just going to, do nothing. I mean, you find that, but it's rare. And so in that mindset, Randy, what happens is people just naturally, you know, they say the old keeping up with the Joneses. And so they're in a place where it's competition. It's, oh, I made 10% this year. I made 12. I made 15. I made 20. I made 25. I made 300. I made 5,000. You know, it's like, okay, guys, you know, when is enough enough? And let's start talking about really, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you keep. And that's important, right? I mean, it's like being out in the golf course. You might show up with 25 balls in your bag. The goal is to leave the golf course with 25 balls. (laughs) Not (laughs) according to
2: some people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the goal is not to say, okay, I'm going to take 25 golf balls and uh, hopefully I arrive back with five. And I had a great time and I spent a lot of money and I played a good course. You know, I played TPC or I was at the math or whatever. The goal is to leave the course with all of your balls. (laughs) And that's That's an interesting way to say it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm talking about your golf balls in your bag, right? All right. It's very, very important. Listen, you know, one of the things that we do on on the uh, company side is we have some Titleist Pro V1 balls with our logo on it. And so when I have a client coming in from time to time as we do progress meetings, we play some golf together as well, too. And they're like, hey, uh, do you got any more balls that I can round? Like, wait a minute, time out. The goal is not to give you those balls and you lose them. The goal is for you to keep them. So maybe what you need to do is get some scuba gear and go get your balls. Okay? <laughs> so the point is, it's not about just making money. It's about protecting the assets along the way. And this is one of the things that we have seen, you know, over the years where people that have not been adequately protected have had issues. And it's a
1: real problem. Well, one of the things that we think about is putting the money in a place where it is not accessible to something like that. If somebody is going to sue you, they're going to be able to get assets from a certain place, but from another place, they need to be protected. So how do we go about that? I mean, is that is that trusts? Is that retirement funds? Is that certain kinds of retirement funds? I mean, your investments seem to be a Accessible to a lawsuit, how do you do that, Michael?
0: Well, it's a good question, Randy. And I think the first thing you got to do is you got to define your assets in general. You know, a lot of times people lump things together, but you have to really split things up and define what it looks like. Right? You might have real estate. By the way, a little side note here: I am not an attorney. I am a certified tax coach, which gives me the ability to do some advanced tax planning. But we do work in kind with legal professionals that we can kind of introduce folks to and help them in this process. But we've worked with enough families you know, really through Wall Private Wealth, which is kind of like a multifamily office. We've worked with enough families with wealth to kind of say, okay, these are some things we need to be looking at and thinking about in the process. And so when you look at splitting up your assets a little bit, you want to think about it in this capacity. You want to say, okay, I have a certain amount of investments that are, let's say, in my portfolio. Those would be investments that would be like in your IRA and a Roth IRA and an inherited IRA. In non-qualified accounts, those would be like non-IRA type investments, okay? You might have investments even in 401ks, which those eventually will roll to an IRA as well. So, you want to define those investments. So those are monies where they might be invested in the stock market, maybe in stocks, bonds, mutual funds. They might be invested in annuities. They might be invested in even different real estate type investments in general, whether it be REITs or limited partnerships, things like that. You might have some of that money's at the bank, right? It's just maybe it's sitting in a money market account or maybe it's in a checking or savings, that type of thing. So you have those types of monies. We'll call it a little bit more liquid monies. Now, obviously some real estate investments are not completely liquid, but as an example, you know, we'll call it more liquid monies in that basket there. And then you have other assets that you may own that might be your direct primary residence. That could be other real estate directly that you own. You know, maybe you have a rent or two or three or four down the road that you've purchased that people are renting from you. You might have commercial real estate that you personally own and that type of thing. So you want to be thinking through compartmentalizing your assets, And taking a look at what that is. And by the way, with some of the wealthier families, one of the things that is also important is taking a look at other, we'll call it non-investment, directly investment-related type of assets like art or jewelry, things like that. There can be some families that have millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in those types of investable pieces that need to be protected and wrapped around. So when you take a look at those things, I think one of the things that you got to think about is is what type of protection do you actually need? Well, one protection might be a trust, right? And there are simple types of trusts where you can go just simply from a revocable trust to an irrevocable trust. You know, those types of trusts are are the initial stages. Now, the revocables, those are trusts that really are not going to provide you any asset protection. Because they're liquid, you can kind of move in and out. You can do that kind of thing. And, and it's not going to provide you a lot of protection. When you go to the irrevocable trust, now you're in a situation, Randy, where you're going to have some different levels of protection. There's dynasty trust. There's AB type trust. There's all kinds of different trusts that can be created, which can give you the ability to have different levels of protection based on how it's created. And so that's very, very important when you take a look at that. An irrevocable trust can provide obviously not only estate planning benefits, asset protection, it can avoid probate fees, some tax deductions, there's a lot of things that can be done there in that trust that you cannot do with a revocable. Now, if you're dealing with an attorney that is not typically used to working with higher level families, higher level dollars, they may not know or they may not be aware of what they need to do. And that's why a lot of times you'll see with a lot of these families that have wealth, and this can start in the millions and go all the way up to hundreds of millions and even billions, but that's where we're getting into you know private banking strategy and other other ways to title and hold assets so you're not physically owning them personally. With real estate directly in general, you might want to be in a place where maybe your personal property, you retitle it and it becomes owned by a trust or maybe you own some of your investment real estate in an LLC as an example. You know, Walmart as an example is a story that we kind of we use from time to time where a lot of people don't realize that if you go and you something happens and you try and sue Walmart, well, Walmart has their business compartmentalized right? So the parking lot is its own entity. So if you fall and slip in the parking lot, the parking lot is its own entity, the store itself. And then you have different departments. Everything is is its own entity separated out, kind of carved out. If you want to think about it like this, think about it as a pie, right? And you might have eight slices of the pie. Well, it's all an apple pie, but each slice represents a different department. And they've compartmentalized that pie out, intentionally. So that way, if somebody goes and tries to sue, they can only sue a small portion of that entity, which is kind of harbored out on its own. And that's very, very important, especially when you start talking about if you have a company, if you have multiple pieces of real estate, one big no-no that I see, Randy, a lot of times is people will come in and they might have you know, 10 or 12 different real estate properties that they own directly. Now, again, obviously to make sure that we're getting the advice that is completely appropriate, we bring attorneys in and let them kind of give the legal advice. But one of the things that can be a concern sometimes is they have, you know, 10 or 12 different pieces of property. And let's say they own all of those properties just in their own name. Mm -hmm. The challenge with that is if somebody on your property falls down, one of your renters falls down and they sue you, they literally have access to sue for the value of all properties owned in that entity, which would be all 12 properties. Mm-hmm. So they're all liable. So one of the things you wanna do, obviously, is split those up. So when you look at asset protection, it can really be looked at in a couple of different ways. One is from the perspective of protecting it from creditors. Another one, Randy, that you mentioned is protecting it from, God forbid, long-term care type situations. Another one could be also protecting it from market crashes. But these are all things that we got to look at instead of just how can I make more money on my money? It's a broader view. And I think that when you
1: sit down, you have in your mind, you say to that financial advisor in front of you, help me protect my money. But then opening up this to somebody might be, you know, a door that they had not even thought of opening up. And I think it's something that everybody really needs to explore, especially people of great wealth.
0: Well, it is. And again, a lot of times people say, well, that's reserved for people with 50, 70, 80, 100, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. And I would say, no, it isn't. Randy, this is reserved for people that, you know, have million, two million, mm-hmm. three million, five million. These are things that we need to be thinking about because listen, I don't care how much money you've made or how much money you have. The person that's got 150, 200, 500 million billion in assets, is just as concerned about protecting their assets as someone with three, five, ten million, right? Mm-hmm. So we gotta be in a place where we say, okay, well, I may not have a couple hundred million dollars, but I still need to be protecting that in general as well. So that's really, really important. And the idea here is just open your eyes up to things more than just how can I make more money on my money? So what I'm gonna do, Randy, is I'm gonna give folks the ability as you're listening to this show, you know, we don't do this all the time. Sometimes we do. But if you have a question about that, say, so you know what, are my assets protected? What does that look like? Are there some maybe other strategy, planning strategies that we can not only protect them from credit or lawsuit type things, but also how about from the market? What, what are we doing there to protect the assets from a market crash? You know, another 2008. Or what have you done to really, you know, compartmentalize investments in such a way that we can reduce taxation on the monies? Maybe you don't have a real well-rounded plan defining what that looks like. And so I'm going to challenge you that if you have some questions on that, reach out to our team. You can just go to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com, and there's a way that you can reach out to us there. Or if you have your smartphone right there with you, if you're listening to it, just get your email app, open it up, and just send an email to info, I-N-F-O, info at info. Lean on the wall. Now that lean is L E A N, so it's L E A N O N T H E W A L L dot com, and just send an email to info at leanonthewall dot com, and just say, hey, quick question about protecting my assets. Now, who is this appropriate for? Well, it's typically going to be appropriate for somebody that's got a couple million dollars or more, because you got some assets to protect. And we can help guide you, walk you through and help you kind of articulate and create a plan that is well-rounded and very specific in nature to help you get to where you want to go. So you got questions about that, reach out to our team, one of two ways, info at leanonthewall.com. That's an email or reach out to our website, leanonthewall.com and we'll help you with that. But Randy, this is so important because again, people have worked hard for what they have and it's about thinking differently along the way. Last but not least, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. And if you're in a place where you've listened to this show and you're saying, you know, this may not be appropriate for me right now, but geez, I know somebody that's got a company that they're getting ready to sell or they got a pretty large business or they have been successful. And I don't know if they know this stuff or they're thinking about this stuff because, you know, most people are running 150 miles an hour. So not really stepping back to think about it. Forward this show to them. Give them the opportunity to kind of get some of this knowledge as well. So that can be front of mind for them also. And as always, our goal is to help you invest well so you can live well, and then ultimately live on purpose so you can live with purpose. Thanks for joining us on this show. Hope you have a great one. Talk to you next show.
2: Any client experiences discussed during this show are unique to that client. They are not meant to imply or suggest you will experience the same results. By contacting us, we'll review aspects for your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of U.S. Private Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance Performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Wall is licensed in your state, please contact his office. Wall Private Wealth Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency, and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael Wall, NPN license number 733. 0010.